On this episode of This Week in Linux, we've got the 5.3 release of the Linux kernel. GNOME recently released their latest version of the GNOME shell with GNOME 3.34. Manjaro is leveling up by creating a new business around their distro. Speaking of businesses, the Destination Linux network is now live. Now I'll give you some insight as to what this means and a bit more details as to why it was made. The open source voice communication app Mumble has had their first major release version actually in about 10 years released this week. The messaging app Telegram also released an update adding some really sought after features like scheduling and reminders and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Firefox 69 has been released, bringing a new suite of privacy and security protections. We'll finish out the show this week with some new Humble Bundles. All that and much more coming up. I'm Michael Tanel with Tux Digital and the Destination Linux Network, and this is your weekly source for Linux GNUs. This episode of This Week in Linux is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimizing, managing, and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and more. You can get all this plus access to their world-class customer support for as low as $5 per month or 0.7 cents per hour. DigitalOcean also has 2,000 cloud-agnostic tutorials, and actually, if you want the cloud-agnostic part, means you don't actually have to use DigitalOcean in order to utilize these tutorials. And there are quite a few tutorials, as I said, 2,000, and I have used them many cases where I was using it just for local purposes, and they come in handy quite a bit. Now, these these cloud-agnostic tutorials will help you stay up to date with the latest open-source software, languages, and frameworks. You can get started on DigitalOcean for free with that with a $50 credit for one month by going to do.co/tux. Again, you can get started on DigitalOcean by going to do.co/tux. And thanks again for DigitalOcean for sponsoring this week in Linux. The Linux kernel 5.3 has been released, and this is a stable release kernel. The hardware support is getting turned on for a lot of different things, such as the Radeon RX 5700 Navi series, Intel Ice Lake Gen 11 GPU support, Intel HDR support, and Intel Speed Select. Acorn or ACRN guest hypervisor support has been added. Mainline driver for keyboard and trackpad support for the newer Apple MacBook Pro laptops have, has been added, and this is really good because for someone who is using a Mac and want to try out Linux or maybe even dual boot Linux, having support for this kind of hardware is good to have in the kernel, which is so this is great news. Uh, the native swap support for the F2FS file system has been added, and lots of other goodies are packed into this release. One area there, the, the kernel actually had a regression, though, it's a temporary regression, but it's in the extended for commit. The improvement for extended for I.O. patterns ended up causing some issues with other areas. It turns out the code itself wasn't buggy, but rather Linux, uh, it says that it's so good in there's new updates for the, for the commit that it made it regressions in other APIs. So that's pretty interesting. So if you'd like to learn more about this particular topic, the Linux 5.3 kernel uh, release notes will be in the show notes below. I actually almost forgot to say happy birthday to Linux kernel. 
The Linux project actually is the birthday for the Linux kernel is September 17th. I talked about this previous in a previous episode about how the birthday for Linux is uh, debated. And someone, a couple people actually, quite a few, I think it was probably, probably like a half a dozen, five or six, maybe seven or so, would left comments that were very, very valid. And uh, I've decided that I'm going to personally go with September 17th as the uh, birthday for Linux because the reason I talked about previously is that the first time it was discussed on the mailing list that Linux was talking about it, uh, September 17th was the first release, like official release that was available. It wasn't a stable release. It was just the first one that was public. And it was actually 0.2, I think, when they did it. And the reason why is the, the reasons they were giving were so good was the announcement on the mailing list is kind of like the announcement of we're going to have a baby. But the it didn't exist at that time yet. So as soon as it, the first release was, or the, even the development release was was made, that's when the baby came. And therefore, that's the birth date. And that makes so much more sense, like having to debate which one is which. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to go with that one, September 17th. Up next in the show is GNOME 3.34. This is the desktop environment GNOME for the, the GNOME shell. 3.34 has been released. They've added a lot of future, uh, features and usability. They've actually done one of the standoff features really is like their their overview system that shows the applications menu. When you open that, you can now have the ability to drag and drop apps on top of each other to create folders, which is very nice because it means there's no more searching through settings and manually selecting apps just to drag and drop. You can you can just drag and drop like your phone and create a folder like whatever your phone app usually they have the ability to put one app on top of the other and then create a folder that way. It used to be where you had to go into the settings, you had to create a folder, then you got to select what apps go in that folder. Now it's way easier. So that's fantastic. And they've also improved the background wallpaper system so you can now add pictures from anywhere on the system versus just the pictures folder. And also finally, better performance, Canonical's uh, Daniel Van Vo, not sure, if I messed that up, sorry, has put in a series of GNOME Shell performance patches to remove the sluggishness and sluggishness and make the overall experience feel smoother. There are many other improvements for from SysProof tool, the GNOME boxes enhancements, and many more like hot corners and UI tweaks and etc. But there's like, you know, there's so many things to actually talk about. We had to pick a few things. So if you want to learn more about this, I'll have a link to it for the the release notes for 3.34. And I'm also happy to note that this was one of the first, well, not one of the first, but one of the few times where no makes a release and we're not talking about things that were removed, but rather just things that were improved and added. So that's nice to see. So if you'd like to learn more about this, GNOME 3.34 show notes will contain a link. Wait, no, it's the show notes for this show, but a link to the right. You get it. Link in the show notes. Manjaro is actually leveling up their Linux distro. They said that they're making, they're going to take the next step by creating a business or a legal entity and business. So in their announcement, they state, in order to effectively engage in commercial agreements, form partnerships, and offer professional services, a legal construct has been formed, the Manjaro GmbH and Co. KG. Whatever that means, I'm, it's a, some kind of thing about uh, the way, like, it's kind of like an LLC in Germany, as far as I understand it. Could be wrong about that, but that's what I think. Uh, this moves means that Philip and Bernard will be able to commit full-time to Manjaro. This will also mean exploration of future commercial opportunities for the company, and then and the team will also uh, transfer ownership of all donation to fiscal hosts, which will allow for transparency and for the team to approve 
uh, donations for activities like sponsorship of upstream events, local Manjaro team and community events, local community costs like shipping of equipment to Manjaro team and community members, travel for like coverage of full or part of the expenses to attending an event, hardware and hosting costs, that kind of thing, like all these types of things we able to be covered. Uh, Manjaro has continued to grow in popularity and has made Arch an approachable and easy-to-use distro for the masses. There's actually been many times where people would like promote Mandraw as an option to use for people who are like wanting to try out Linux but want to have like the latest and greatest hardware support. Now, I think that Mandraw is a good distro. It's not really a beginner distro because of the Arch base, but it is still interesting and I still like what they're doing. Um, it's just kind of hard for me to say that it's okay for beginners. It depends on the level of experience the user is. If it's like a tech-savvy person, then it's quite possible that they could get away with using Mandraw for the first time, but uh, you know, I can't really say. It's it's hard to say. Mandraw is forming a business around Arch that can push the Linux desktop forward is a welcome change, and we and I wish the best for Mandraw team for the you know the very best for their their venture in this because uh, I, this is a really interesting thing because a lot of people would be like really I've seen some Reddit posts and some tweets and some other stuff about very negative things about Mandraw doing this because it was some kind of like. Uh, contrary to the the ecosystem and the community and the open source nature of it and that kind of thing, but I disagree with that because Manjaro uh, doing this makes it possible for them to sustain more development and actually make the the distro a bigger player in the space. So I don't think this is a, this is negative. I mean, we don't. Who knows? It could be. I don't know. But more than likely, it's not. I think this is going to be a good thing for Manjaro because they're going to be able to spend uh, full time development on Manjaro and be able to improve many facets of it. And it's pretty cool. Uh, this is in partnership with the Blue Systems. They're actually helping making this happen, which is really cool because Blue Systems does a lot of things like creates the. Uh, they they do a lot of um, funding and donations to the KDE project many different KDE projects. They also make the Calamari's installer, which is a very popular installer for a lot of different distros. So this is really cool that they're working together to make a company to you know, facilitate making Mandraw an even bigger player. So I think this is really cool. Let me know what you think in the show notes below. And uh, yeah, wait, what? Okay, let me know what you think in the comments below. And you can find out more about this particular news on their forum, which I will have a link in the show notes below. So the next part of the show, I am so excited to let you know about. So excited, because this is the Destination Linux Network announcement. Now, we actually already announced it on the Destination Linux podcast. However, I haven't talked about it separately from the shows in the sense that I wanted to kind of do like my take on what it means to me that this is being made. Uh, it's a little bit more than just a business to me, so I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to let you know about what this is. Uh, so if you're not aware, I am a host of not only this podcast of This Week in Linux, but also of the Destination Linux podcast. And we've actually decided to create a network around the concept of creating a Linux network with open source mentality, with a mission to just improve the community as a whole and to help people grow as creators and many more things. So because Destination Linux has been has grown beyond our wildest expectation, over 107 countries listen to Destination Linux. It's fantastic with thousands and thousands of people of downloads every week. It's something that we, we you know it's important that as we grow we find new way new ways of giving back to the community and using our reach responsibly. So 
We want to help accelerate and promote the growth of open source and Linux. And this is why we're launching the Destination Linux Network. So the mission of, the, of DLN is to bring the best of the community together and provide a welcoming and inclusive place for everyone to use, learn, and enjoy Linux. While our core values and mission remain, it is important for us to take the next step in establishing Destination Linux as a company and a legal entity. This will allow us to create the partnerships and build a network that will help take Destination Linux to the next level. Starting with podcasts, you'll get on this network, you'll get Destination Linux podcast, of course, This Week in Linux, of course, but also the Ask Noah Show and Linux for Everyone with Jason Evangelo. So that'll be the con. And we're also going to have a lot more content coming in the in the works. We're developing more content right now, and many things. And also, you can get some video content because it's not just podcasts. It's also going to be YouTube channels will be a part of it. So Dos Geek, Zebedee Boss, this channel, Desk Tux Digital will be involved as well. And we're going to be doing live streams with the community here and there. Uh, we haven't decided exactly the kind of streams we're going to do, but we're going to do game streaming and other stuff and lots of stuff coming. DLN also is providing a, is going to be like a hub for all of us to chat, network, and share our journeys with each other, not only as the creators, but also as the community members and audience of each show. We're going to we created a forum, so it's actually a discourse forum that you can uh, share your journey with, with everyone and interact on our forum. We're actually going to be doing some more things as well in on top of this, but... First of all, the forum is actually going to be a heavy integration system for the hub. I'll give more details into everything when everything is ready to go and fully flushed out as far as the integration stuff. I'm still working on that technically, but it's pretty close. And the main thing is that the forum is built for everyone to join the, join the forum and discuss anything related to the podcast, Linux, just the community in general, just to have a place for everybody can hang out and also be a place for tutorials and to get help. So if you are new to Linux, this is a great way to go to the forum and find uh, people who can, you can just ask the question that you want and many people will be happy to help you. One of the best things about Linux is the community and how welcoming and helpful the community is. So if you are new to Linux or you're just interested in Linux, then the Destination Linux Network Forum is going to be a perfect place to go to get help with whatever question you might have. So what does all this mean for the This Week in Linux podcast? Well, This Week in Linux is going to continue, as always, bringing you the best Linux GNU's coverage that I possibly can, and the DL Network will allow you to discover new content from many other fantastic creators. This will also mean a lot of new collaborations will be happening through the network, plus on this this podcast, Destination Linux podcast, and many more things. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff, and I just I can't wait. I'm super excited. So you might be wondering why I am so excited about this. And it's not just because it's a new network that is going to be providing benefits to the community. And uh, I've been a marketer for a very long time. And one of the things that I always pointed out that I even made a, a talk at a conference about this is how open source and Linux doesn't really have that best of marketing. And a lot of times when I say this kind of thing, people will be like, well, why don't you do something about it? And now I can say challenge accepted. I've been actually wanting to say that for a very long time, but now it's accepted. So uh, now back to the whole why I'm excited part, and that's because this has been a dream of mine. I've actually been trying to do something like this for many years. 
I've been thinking about this for like five, six years, and I've been trying to work on building this for a couple of years, and now it's just finally coming to fruition, so I am so excited about this. This is not, I can't really express how much this this means to me, how important this is to me, because I am, it seems like it's just, it's just more content, right? It seems like it's just, we're all working together, and it's just a nice collaborative effort, but it's actually something that I've been working on for a very long time, because I think... One of the best things about Linux is the open source concept. One of the best things about um, the open source concept is the community and the interaction and collaboration with it. And I thought maybe a network could be built with those concepts. And how amazing would that be? So I've been working on doing this for a very long time. And thanks to all of the people who have been helpful in helping me create this, the Destination Linux, uh, the Destination Linux crew, uh, Ryan, Zeb and Noah helping me make this come to a fruition and you know it's it's not just me creating a network it's it is my dream to be to do this but it's it's a more it's a collaboration effort in many aspects not only is it is the destination linux crew you know being a big part of this network being launched but also there's been a lot of people who have been helping in the back end and for various different things there's been Eric who's been helping build out the website there's been uh, people who have been helping on the forums because we've actually been live for a couple of days so there's been a lot of uh, you know a lot of been effort a lot of work being put into it and there's been people helping on setting up servers for various different services and tools that we're going to be launching soon and and there's even been people who since we announced it have asked and offered to help even more and contribute on the, and whatever they can contribute. And it's just so, it's so amazing to see how everything is coming together so great. And uh, I'm just, I'm so excited. And I, I can't express how appreciative I am of this. And also all the patrons who are helping with the Tux Digital Patreon, the Tux Digital Sponsors, and the uh, Patreon and Kofi for the Destination Linux podcast. The, all, all of this stuff made it possible for us to put this amount of effort into creating something I think is going to be fantastic and amazing for this community. And uh, I hope that you agree with me and are excited just as much as I am uh, because I can't wait to, you know, to show all the things that we're building and to get everything launched because we actually have launched a lot of stuff right now, but we have even more coming. And uh, yeah, so... I don't know if I could say much more. I'm super excited about it. It's it's a dream of mine, and it's coming to fruition is is amazing to me. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next topic before I get choked up and stuff. So before we move on, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, there's actually some things that I wanted to let you know in addition to the Destination Linux Network. Uh, if you're not aware, the this show is available as an audio feed or an audio podcast. You can go to tuxdigital.com slash thisweekinlinux to get the RSS feed, or you can search in your whatever podcatcher or podcast app that you prefer. It's almost guaranteed to be in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've, I've covered all bases and all possible platforms, but if I haven't, let me know because I definitely want to fix that. Also, if you'd like to, you can be a patron of Tux Digital by going to tuxdigital.com slash Patreon or tuxdigital.com slash sponsors. So this is a this is a way for you to contribute to the channel to help me create more content and to keep bringing this show to you. It's very 
very beneficial to me for and also it's it's a very humbling that people are even willing to do this and there's so many people who have contributed over the years to help me make this content and I am so appreciative to you and it also helped me make the network come to reality so very very appreciative thank you so much thank you so much also also there's a segment index for this show and if you're not aware, the segment index is what I call a list of timestamps for each topic. So if you want to check out various different topics at different times, maybe you can't watch the whole show all the way through and you want to pick out certain topics that you care about immediately and then come back later, come back, come back later, then uh, you can do so by going to segment index and there's a link to every topic and the timestamp where you can just Go right to that section. Also, if you are using the audio podcast, there are chapter bookmark things in the audio version, so you can just listen to the uh, you can listen to different sections that way as well. So you don't have to use the YouTube version if you have the audio version. You will also have that benefit for the segment index and just a different structure, and it's different depending on what your app is. So it's hard for me to explain where that part how that works, but y- anyway, if you have any questions, feel free to ask on the Destination Linux Network forum, and I'll let you know. Uh, also, be sure to join the Telegram and Discord servers. So you can go to the destinationlinux.org slash Telegram and destinationlinux.org slash Discord. Uh, next week, I'll actually, or next episode, I'll talk about um, the, uh, I'll, it'll be a different URL, it'll be the, the network URL, but I haven't finished that yet. So for now, the .org, destinationlinux.org slash Telegram, destinationlinux.org slash Discord. Now, also, if you've no, you've probably noticed that I haven't, I didn't release an episode last week, and the reason why is because I've been build, I've been working on getting the network ready to go. It's been a lot of work, and I'm so excited about it. And uh, yeah, I'm back into working with this week in Linux. I am so excited about this. So not only am I back, I'm happy to announce that this show will be streamed live this weekend. So. I think it's the 21st, yeah, 21st, Saturday the 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern. Be there because it will be live. It will be on time, probably, but it definitely will be there on Saturday live, so please come join me. I can't wait to get, to, I can't wait to get back to the live streaming of this show because this is a thing that I love doing, and one of the things that I love doing about the show is the live streaming, so... If you've never watched the show live, it'll be a great ex- uh, experience. I think it'll be, uh, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity to do so. And uh, yeah, so the live stream is coming back, and I can't wait. So I will see you then. Well, technically, you'll see me a, a little bit more because the show's not over, but right. Okay. Up next in the show is the latest release of Mumble. So Mumble is very interesting because Mumble is a an open source voice communications software and also server. So you can host a server, you can join existing servers and all this other stuff and you can have conversations. It's kind of like, it's a, it's like Discord, but open source. I mean, it's not exactly like Discord because it's not doing the chat text. Me- I mean, it does have a chat, but it's not really, it's kind of like Discord. Let's just say it's kind of like Discord. So Mumble, it's more like TeamSpeak. If you ever heard of TeamSpeak or Ventrilo or something like that, it's more like those. Uh, and Mumble's a really cool piece of software. Uh, this it's had some issues over the years, but I do really like it. And it has a really it has it has support for Opus uh, Protocol and Opus Codec, which is a very high quality uh, 
open source voice codec, which is really nice. And I'm and and I think Mumble added that uh, a few years ago as a support. But anyway, so. 1.3 has been in development for a very long time. Not the entire 10 years, but a very long time. So this release contains over 3,000 commits compared to the previous version that was released with 1,600 commits on that one. Some of the highlights of this release include new design themes of a Mumble Light and Mumble Dark themes are now available. Previously, now this is some people might don't really like the new themes. They don't. They think that they're not at, they're not that good. And in comparison. With other applications, maybe that's true, or with the new new like styles like material design and that kind of thing, maybe that's true. However, compared to the previous version of Mumble, it is a hundred times better because it got rid of those stupid lips. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Mumble had this problem where their design was not that good, but in, to indicate whether or not someone is talking, they'd have gray lips for not talking and red lips for talking. And it was really weird and awkward and and uh, they're not doing that anymore so that's fantastic I am so happy that those things are super are gone because they were so annoying I actually used to replace the entire theme just to get rid of those lips so now I'm happy by default you don't have to do that anymore so moving on they also added some cool features and for using the, the the servers and stuff so now you can have individual user volume adjustment if you're going you used to couldn't do this but now what you can do is that you can right click someone and change the volume adjustment for that person so that maybe they're they're too quiet or they're too loud you can actually lower them independently rather than just changing your entire uh, sound for your system you can also now have a new uh, bindable shortcut for changing transmission mode for voice activation and push to talk they've also made dynamic channel filtering available to manage large communities multi-channel recordings are synchronous even after hours of recording they used to have this kind of like delayed reaction so like by in the beginning of a of a, a recording you could do multi-channel systems so you like each person included in that recording would be a separate file now it was in sync in the beginning but after time after a certain amount of time, it would actually get out of sync the longer and longer it was. Now they have, they're have they saying that they have fixed it in this particular release, saying that it will stay in synchronous even after hours. So that is awesome. You can also add uh, an over optional clock in the overlay for some reason. Uh, improved user management for admins as well as easier banning management and the ability to remove certain user avatars. I've actually used these features before and these new features here of the of being able to just manage the users is so much easier because if someone like for example even if you're not banning people if you would someone just wants to change their username you have to go into uh, they go into this they used to have to just go into a, a, a registered user section and try to find them in this huge list now you can actually search which is great so there's a lot of cool things that happened in this latest release it took a long time to get here but it's finally here so I am super excited and also I just want to let you know that we are working on a uh, potentially working on a mumble server that is coming for the Destination Linux network. Now, it's not ready yet, but we're working on it, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, so if you'd like to learn more about mumble and the latest release of 1.3 for mumble, check out the link in the show notes. So this episode is jam-packed with great news. Next up is another piece of great news, and that is Telegram is adding a feature that I've been waiting for for a very long time. It is the ability to schedule messages. Thank you. Thank you very, thank you so much, Telegram. Thank you. 
because I've been waiting for this for a very long time. I've used Telegram for years, and one of the things that I always said is the most important thing that I wish they had was being able to schedule a message because sometimes I want to send a message to someone, but I don't want it to ping their phone, and I have to previously just hope that they're okay with being pinged or they have do not disturb on so they don't get annoyed or whatever. And it's, let's say someone's asleep, and or maybe you're sending a message to someone who's like six, seven hours ahead of you. Like, for example, Zeb is six hours ahead of me. And anytime I send a message, I have to worry about what time it is and can calculate, okay, I got to, okay, he's still probably up. Okay, fine. That's something I don't have to worry about anymore because I can just schedule a message to send to him on a time for that makes sense for him, which is fantastic. So thank you very much, Telegram, for finally doing that. And they've also done other things with this release of, of 1.8.3, and that is they have made it possible to have more customization and UI options like day, night, and tinted themes. You can actually change for your phone. You can change different tints. So like maybe you want a red, a red tint instead of a blue tint. You can change to that, which I actually did switch to that. Uh, you can also have new expanded animated emoji, emoji support. They've also added the ability to have personal reminders, which is really nice. It's kind of like this. It's kind of the same functionality of the schedule messages, but for just for yourself, which is really cool. And uh, they've actually added additional privacy options, like controlling who can find you when they import their contacts. So, if you like to check out Telegram, I'll have a link to it uh, in the show notes. And we also have a Telegram group, which I mentioned in the housekeeping. But you can go check out the Destination Linux group by going to destinationlinux.org/telegram. We have almost. A thousand members in that group. So if you would like to help get to that thousand, be sure to join. And uh, I look forward to talking to you. And also remember, if you want, if you want more than just a real time conversation, which uh, is fantastic too, uh, the forum. Go to destinationlinux.network and click on the forum link. There's that too. So yeah. Up next in the show is another great example of the news that we had this week, and that is Firefox 69 has been released. So this is actually coming with a new suite. Uh, of a suite with new privacy and security protections for its for the users. One of the most talked about features in this release is the Enhanced Tracking Protection, or ETP. And the ETP is now turned on by default. It used to be you had to go in and turn it on, and now it's there by default, which blocks third-party tracking cookies and crypto miners, and you can even change the settings to be more strict, which will set blocks for fingerprinting as well on a various different setups and systems and websites, so it's fantastic. They also improved the ability for uh, the blocking autoplay of videos so that it allows you to stop autoplay uh, of videos on, on websites. One of the most irritating, horrible things that ever was started as a fad of people putting videos on their website and setting it to autoplay. If you make a website or if you are working a company that has a website that has video playing automatically, stop it. It's awful. No one likes it. It's the most irritating thing possible, especially if you have multiple tabs that have multiple different things playing at the same time. It is just terrible. Stop it, please. Anyway, if you have Firefox, you can stop it yourself whether they do so or not. So that's great. Uh, they've actually got some other additional features included, like multiple video codecs mixing, allowing for WebRTC conference services to mix video from multiple clients, various security fixes and patches, and Firefox will now always ask for user permissions to activate Flash content, which is pretty cool. Now, there are actually some interesting news that happened as well with um, Mozilla and Firefox, and that is Chris Beard is going to step down as the CEO at the end of this year. Now, they haven't said who is going to be replacing him or whatever, but he's been the CEO since 2014. 
So it is interesting to see who is, who would be chosen for Firefox uh, or Mozilla's new CEO and what the focus they will bring to Firefox in the future. But I also think that it's you know it's really cool that they're still and they're still innovating and they're still doing a lot of stuff like container tabs is so amazing and there's they did these things a long time ago that is still awesome that I love all the time and I use all the time and I love it is the bookmark searching feature it's just fantastic uh, if you're not sure what I'm talking about check out the link in the show notes for the seven reasons why I love Firefox is my favorite browser it's the one I use almost all the time because of these features the container tabs alone is enough for me to continue to use Firefox the other things also make it worthwhile but container tabs is so so cool anyway i have a link in the show notes for that video if you'd like to check it out uh and also another cool thing that they did recently is that they did a they're doing a beta test for users in the u.s unfortunately it's only u.s people but if you are in the u.s you can try out their new uh, proxy vpn which allows you to uh, have a VPN for your browser only. It doesn't apply to the rest of your system, but it does apply to your browser. So if you need for some reason to have a, a VPN, that may be an option to try out uh, if you're in the U.S. Uh, they actually haven't said whether they're going to keep that as a free option or if they're going to roll uh, when they're going to roll it out to more people. But uh, I don't know. I think it's actually kind of cool, if especially if they're starting to do like a services suite of stuff. That'd be cool if they're doing that. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the next topic in this show. So we're going to finish up the show with a new set of Humble Bundles. So Humble Bundle is something that I always pay attention to because they make so many different cool bundles, various different things like games and books and other things. And in this case, there are quite a few actually. There's there's actually six things that I want to talk about, but that's a lot of bundles to cover. And we're actually going to be doing another episode of this show this week on Saturday, which will be releasing on Sunday, but on Saturday. So I'm going to cover the the three uh three of the other t- i'm gonna do three this week or no, not this week but i'm gonna do three now and then three more this weekend for the next episode so let's just get to it so first of all we're going to talk about the humble rpg bundle so this one actually has quite a few games it's got four games that are native support for linux that's uh, hive swap act one deep sky derelicts tyranny pillars of eternity uh and that's not tyranny it's, it's tyranny and pillars of eternity so these are the four games that are native support for Linux. And these are RPG games. So if you're interested in RPG uh, and you're interested in these games, check out the Humble Bundle for it. I have a link in the show notes. But first of all, also, but before we move on to the next thing, uh, there's going to be three games that are not uh, Linux native, but I did check to see if they're supported on Proton. So uh, that's one of the things about you know watching the Humble Bundle. I'll just tell you, I'll check all the games if they support for uh, Proton or not. And Cat Quest has a gold rating of Proton. Immortal Planet has a platinum rating for her Proton. And they also have Borderlands 1 Game of the Year Enhanced Edition. So this one's interesting because this has a silver rating, but there's also the non-enhanced Game of the Year version, and that one has a gold rating. So I'm not sure which one you would be playing if you got it. So technically you're gonna you'd be getting the non-enhanced and the enhanced if you buy the enhanced and don't already have it, but if you already have the game you don't need to, you already have the enhanced buy automatically, so you don't have to buy this, but uh, anyway, that's interesting. So let's move on to the next bundle. 
The next bundle is the Become a Game Developer bundle. This is a book bundle that is full of uh, eBooks and also videos uh, focused on game development like Unity 2018 Cookbook and how learn how to code with various languages for Unity 3D. It's mostly related to Unity. I think actually it's completely related to Unity, but Unity 3D is a really cool engine. So if you are interested in checking out uh, game development, that is a good way. It even includes like mobile game development as well. So not just like desktop things, all kinds of stuff. So check that out if you want. And also, finally, the third bundle we're going to talk about this particular episode. We're going to talk about three more. Actually, we're going to talk about this one again because this one is – I'm super excited about this one. And it's a level up your Python bundle. There are so many things in this bundle that I I am interested in checking out. They have ebooks, software, and videos. You can get access to uh, two months for free of PyCharm Professional Edition. You can get uh, there's access to managing Python dependencies with pip. There's a book for uh, Python Basics, a practical introduction to Python 3. They also have an illustrated guide to learning Python 3 and many more things. So. If you're interested in any of this content or any of these bundles, actually the bundles that are not, the bundles I'm not talking about in this particular episode that I will be talking about in the next episode, I'll still have a links to those in the show notes below uh, just in case you want to check them out. But uh, I will be covering those three and maybe even the Python again just because uh, in the next episode. So before we move on, actually the show's basically done at this point, but I wanted to let you know that the links in the sh- in the video description and in the show notes are affiliate links. So if you do purchase uh, one of these bundles through those links, it actually benefits the Tux Digital channel and this podcast. So I just want to let you know about that. And uh, be sure to do that if you would like to support the channel. Uh, it's very imp- appreciative if you were to do so. It's not a very, it's not a huge percentage, but it's uh, really, not, it's really beneficial to have any kind of contribu- contribution to the channel and making it more possible for this content to be made because. I love making this content, and I hope you enjoy it as well. So if you would like to purchase any of these bundles, please use the link in the show notes. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you'd like what I do here on this show, please like that smash button and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to support the Tux Digital channel, we have multiple ways to contribute via PayPal, Patreon, Sponsors, and many others. You can learn more by going to tuxdigital.com contribute. Or you can order the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt by going to tuxdigital.com slash Linux is Everywhere. Or if you're in Europe, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash Linux is Everywhere EU for shipping inside of Europe. We also have ways to contribute without any cost to you by using our affiliate links. You can find links for places like Amazon, Private Internet Access, Humble Bundle, and many more by going to tuxdigital.com slash affiliates. If you'd like some more podcasting goodness from me, then check out the latest episode of Destination Linux as I'm a co-host of that show. Just a reminder, this show will be live this coming Saturday, so join us in the live chat room to discuss all the latest Linux news each week. Thanks again for watching. I'm Michael Tanel with Tux Digital and the Destination Linux Network, and as always, keep using, learning, and enjoying Linux.